Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We are busy these days here at Jew in the City. We have an event in, what is it, 10 more days on Sunday, November 5th. We have been talking about it here for several weeks now. So if you've ever listened before in the last many weeks, you've heard me talking about the Orthodox Jewish All-Stars event. It is the greatest night in Orthodox Jewish professional success. Um, All year long, you only interact with our content in sort of a distant way. You hear the program, you may see a video, you may read an article, but it's nothing that you can actually touch and hold on to. Um, This event in Midtown Manhattan on Sunday, November 5th is your chance to come out and meet us and see our work up close and see the lives we're changing up close and honestly be part of the solution. If you're motivated and feel inspired by the idea of taking back our image in the in the media, in the public, and not being defined by the worst of the community, um, then this event should matter to you. And if you care to offer people who have uh, become disenfranchised with uh, the from community, particularly people in the Haredi community who seem to have the most trouble um, and are looking for an alternative, um, then this event is for you because we have Project Makom as of the last few years, um, which offers uh, alternative Orthodox communities to people um, who comes from, from the Haredi world and are looking to still find their place in Orthodoxy. Um, our event, as it was a couple weeks ago, was pretty awesome. Um, we have, please God, all the all-stars are going to be coming in so you can get a chance to meet David Mazuz, star of Fox's Gotham. Um, on one hand, Kiefer Sutherland is a father figure to him because of their work on a past show. On the other hand, his favorite subject in school is Gamara. Um, we have the treasurer of Ford Motor Company, um, Neil Schloss. We have uh, Freda Ginsburg, director of legal at Burberry's America. Uh, Ruchi Fryer, who's made a whole lot of news. Um, we have uh, Chaim Leibovitz, who grew up summer, and he is leading a company now that is literally changing the face of how we treat ALS. Um, this is a company now, you know, making huge breakthroughs, thank God, um, in the stem cell space being led by a guy with payas. Um, we have Sam Raskoff, who was appointed by Commissioner Ray Kelly to lead the counterintelligence analysis unit for the NYPD. Shomer Shabbos Yid, managing risk and threat assessment for New York City 24-6, but he did always carry a phone in case there was an emergency. Um, we have David A. Adler, uh, the author of the beloved Cam Jansen series. He has sold more than 30 million books. Um, it's a pretty incredible group. Um, I've had such a pleasure getting to meet these people and hear their stories and um, we're so excited to share them with you. So all that was happening and Food by Nobo, open bar. And then a few weeks ago, something even more exciting happened. We decided to add a little more fun to the event in the after party. Um, and so we brought in, we partnered with kosher.com and Naomi Nachman, who is a fellow host here um, on the Nachman Siegel Network. She hosts the show Table for Two. Um, she's the Aussie Gourmet. Um, she started her own kosher personal chef business. Um, to do weekly catering for Shabbos and Yom Tov meals for families in the five towns. I'm thinking, like, how do I get one of these personal chefs for myself? Um, and she, you know, also caters as far as Alaska, Israel. Um, she does cooking demos. And she has sort of gotten into this interesting business of doing chopped competitions all over the world. She's a sought-after co- chopped competition uh, host. And she's going to be hosting our chopped competition and we are so excited to learn more about how this works and really add this exciting element to our after party. Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. 
Hi, Alison. I'm so honored to be on your show. It's so cool. Well, you know, I was on your show last time, and now you're on my show, so it's definitely yeah. fun to uh, to exchange, uh, you know, shows with, with each other. So um, right. I guess the first and foremost thing for people that are listening right now, um, and probably a lot of people have heard of Chopped or may have seen Chopped, um, can you tell us, like, a little bit about, like, is, first of all, I guess my first question is, like, how did you get into this space? Like, how did you become, you know, a host of these competitions? Was this happening already, like, in the non-kosher world, and then you saw, like, oh, the kosher world should do this, too, or this is just something that we Jews like to do? Like, tell me some background. <laughs> oh, these great questions. Okay, so the story started um, a couple years ago through Kosher Fest, um, they always had a kitchen set up at the uh, Secaucus event, um, which is actually coming up in about two, three weeks, um, the middle of November. And I was asked to be a judge at a shop-style competition, and it was run by the Culinary Institute. Uh, it was called the CKCA, the Centre for Culinary, Kosher Culinary Centre in uh, Brooklyn, which has unfortunately since closed down, and now there's another one. But they asked me to be a judge in one, and Paula Scheuer was the host. And it was set up by Jesse Blonder. Um, the next week, he asked, he reached out to me and said, actually, could you host one for us? I'll set it up for you in a, it was in a, a catering hall in Brooklyn. I'll set it up for you like I did at Coach but we want you to be the host. I'm like, sure, no problem. Um, and then I got this idea, like I'm a really like overachiever. I get very ambitious. I get these great ideas and I run with them. Like I have a lot of energy and I'm like, on top of all the catering and the cookbook writing that I've been doing and recipe development, I'm like, let's add another component to what I do. I'm going to start doing kosher chop competitions. Hmm. So literally like a few days later, after hosting this one in Brooklyn uh, for CKCA, um, somebody, a 12-year-old girl called me, hi, we saw on Facebook that you do Instagram, um, that you do chop competitions. Would you do one for um, my friend? It wasn't, a, wasn't about this. It was a Sweet 16. Would you do one for my friend Sweet 16? I'm like, sure, perfect. It was low-key. It was in my neighborhood. I put it together. I bet went that afternoon to Macy's with all my Macy's coupons, and I literally bought an entire set of dishes to be able to run chop competitions. And when I started posting it on Facebook and Instagram, like the phones did not stop ringing. I don't know of anyone else that was doing it on the level that I did it, but I do them. I have custom boards and I have the pots and pans. I bring everything with me. I take it home and wash it all up afterwards. I don't know if this is going on in the non-kosher world, but I've been going into corporations and running them as team-building exercises. Uh, A lot of schools are running them for teacher appreciation nights or um, team-building exercises. It's a great way to get people together to connect, to break down barriers. I've done them as dating events, the shidduchim. It breaks down barriers. It gets people to talk and work together. So it's been a wild ride. phone has not stopped. I've crisscrossed the country doing this. So I think, you know, as someone that I don't watch that many cooking shows, but for a while I was watching, I don't know, The Iron Chef maybe. Um, and I do remember this very distinct memory of like, we need to we need to do this. Like we need to have our people and then I want to eat what they make. Um, so I guess maybe the kosher audience just saw this so many times on TV and felt like that doesn't belong to us yet. We need to make it our own. And once it was an option. And I mean, I love the idea of people seeing how much we can do within our rules and framework. And often people, you know, see, you know, halacha as things that limit us. But there's so much that we can do. And, you know, especially in the food space. So let's talk about let's talk talkless for this event. Um, 
How yeah. is it going to work? How, like, meaning, so we're going to have three competitors going head to head. Um, like what okay. for the person yeah. that's considering, um, entering, and we're going to tell you soon how you enter, um, what, <laughs> what will you, we're going to give you two tickets first of all, for you and a friend so that you have, um, some support, uh, to, for, for the evening. So you get to be our guest that night, but then you tell me how, you know, what they'll expect when they get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, one more time. What was that last? Oh yeah. So last ta- tell me what, what can they expect in the competition? What? Yeah. I, I can hear. I'm losing you a little bit. Oh, can you, I said, what, what can they expect in the competition? Okay. Okay. Thanks, Alison. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. So what people would do is I'd like them to enter the competition by sending us like a 30 second video of why they think they should compete and why, you know, bring it on, explain your game to us, why you think you'd be up there and being a great entertainer and, and chef. I'd like to see what you can bring to the table. Um, you can bring a friend as well to help you. Like you can have like a runner. Um, and when you're going to get up, you're going to have 30 seconds to, so it's not 30 seconds, that's very fast, 30 minutes to compete against the other chef. You're going to get a mystery basket of ingredients. Everyone's going to have the same thing. And you're going to have to cook up a fabulous plate of food using those ingredients and a component of each ingredient must appear on that plate. And you'll be judged on taste, creativity and presentation. Okay, and what, what tools it? will they have at their disposal? <laughs> So they will have like a, a one pan, like a frying pan, a small pot, all the knives and measuring cups and all the equipment that they would need to cook something up, and um, plus a pantry of extra ingredients they can pull from. So they'll have like a, a mystery basket of about, you know, six to ten items plus a whole pantry to enhance their dishes. It's really and fun and really easy. And I'm telling you, the chefs always have such a good time. They're, like, they're sweating and concentrating while they're up there and they're like in the moment and they have to manage their time. But it's fun. They always enjoy themselves. You know, if you, if yeah. you really just go with the flow and you think you're a creative cook, it doesn't matter if you win or you lose. That's really not important. It's just getting up there and having fun. It's a game. And you're a contestant in the game. Okay, it's so, so but what- with food. What type, what type of mystery ingredients have you included before? We're not asking to, you to divulge what will be in the basket on Sunday, November 1st at the All-Stars. So <laughs> what, what kind of mystery ingredient? Hmm. That's a good question. Should I reveal that? Like, Oh, I'm saying okay, pa- so if, if you say, pa- oh, if you say past in, um, mystery ingredients, will that, will that be giving away too much of our future event? You, you, you do re- yeah, re- I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to okay, give away fine. too much. All right, fine. I, have I won't ask that. Let me, I'll move on to another question because we have to, um, we have to have some of the, uh, you know, um, surprise and mystery still intact beforehand. What about, um, any like surprise dishes that came out of this that like no one ever would have expected to eat these combinations together and like you kept on eating it or you kept on making it like that? Like did anything sort of serendipitous or incredible come about? Like are these hard dishes to pair? Hard ingredients to pair? It's hard. And I choose some really mean ingredients. I will tell you a few things I have thrown in. You know, okay. going back to the first question, then we'll tie it all in. I've thrown in things like gushers. Or a gushers. And everybody knows this about me. What? Gushers. Oh, my God, Naomi. Um, I know I'm crazy. <laughs> but, like, um, one thing that's become, like, a signature thing that I'm going to put in mine, which, which I usually put in my basket, is I always put in marshmallow fluff. It's always marshmallow fluff. That's huh. become my signature um, 
ingredient, and people know that because they see it from Instagram and Facebook. That's why I don't mind saying that. Um, because mm-hmm. you can do a lot with marshmallow fluff. Um, you can break it down and make it into a sugar. I've seen people use marshmallow fluff inside the salad dressing for the chop competition. So, oh. um, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, definitely mm-hmm. being the most creative ones I see mm-hmm. are ones from kids. When mm-hmm. I do bus mitzvahs, or sweet 16s. I never do them younger than 12. And when I even do them for a 12-year-old, I always have a supervisor by each station because it's fire and knives and it's a bit of a time pressure and kids are, you know, they're still 12. Yeah. Um, but I, I, um, I always find the most creative dishes come out of the, the, the uh, under-20s group. Can, How about that? Can I tell you, my daughter is 12 and she and her friends sometimes on Shabbat afternoon just start hosting Chopped in my kitchen and I'm like, please clean up. Then my six-year-old son thinks that he should start hosting Chopped so he starts grabbing knives. This is this does not work well with our Shabbat naps, um, but my kids also right, feel yeah. inspired. Imagine. I hear this a lot, that kids Shabbat afternoon will do chopped salad, right? Yes. And they spend, end up serving them for shalashitas. I think it's a great idea. Kids love being in the kitchen just as much right. as adults. Right, it's true. Look at uh, that. Okay, know? fine. So, what, can we talk? Is this going to scare people if I asked you, like, don't like say who, but any like major disasters in any of these, like where, like you just felt, like we did, for instance, last year we did this fun video with Jamie Geller, a Maccabee, and Mendy Pellin. Um, just sort of brainstorming what can we do to like include some different all stars and do something Hanukkah related. So I said, what if we do like a blindfolded deep fried taste test to see what else you could fry except for donuts on Hanukkah and latkes. Um, and I was like, they did like deep fried um, like herring, pickled herring. I was like literally like vomiting like off the, you know, off the camera. Uh, I would actually and, like that. I would, I would totally go for that. Oh my gosh. I, I also had like about 12 courses of deep fried straight. So that might've been like sort of the, the end of my limit. Um, have, have any of these things <laughs> I ever, love herring. I, I don't like herring at all. As soon as I smelled what was happening, I was like, Oh, Hashem. Um, any, <laughs> any, any dishes ever, um, come out just like, Oh God, what were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. One time it was at, a. I don't want to reveal too much of what happened don't just because, uh, you know, it's not. I feel bad for the kid that did it. It was a, uh, it was at a Hebrew school in Manhattan, and we, I put, I put out my usual, you know, I try to do them thematic, right? So Pesach time, it'll have like mustard in the box and, and in the mystery basket, and Purim, it'll have ham and tashim in the basket. You know, like try to make it cool and cute um, for what's going on around the season, seasonal uh, chopped ingredients. So. I did one, like, around Pesach time, and I put in, like, cute little ideas of Seder from the Seder plate, mm-hmm. like a shank bone. They have to, they have to use an egg and, um, yeah. you know, whatever. And I put in some maror and, you know, some chicken, and, you know, they had to make a, a cute plate using using Seder plate items. So was this kid, and he just starts dumping and pouring things into a pot. Like, it was crazy. I'm like, and the other people in the group were, like, freaking out. And it looked really disgusting. So they clearly did not win, but I didn't know how to handle that because I didn't want right. to, you know, hold back his crea- creativity. But right. so it was just like, you know, dump, dump, dump. It was like doing a crazy science experiment. And, yeah, right. that didn't go down too well. But otherwise, right. I've never had any problems. So it's interesting. It's sort of an interesting point you raise um, because on one hand, you know, there's a lot of things that we see happening in the larger world that we say, I want to have that. And in many cases we can, but like when it comes to 
reality television, sometimes judges or moderators are like totally awful. And we obviously want to keep to a certain um, standard of, you know, menschlichkeit as, as Torah observant Jews. So how do you, how do you balance that? Okay. So I, like when it comes to the judging, I don't really want anyone, especially when you like do with kids or even just people in general, you, you don't want to be like, this is disgusting, this is mean. It's a game, it's fun, it's in good spirit. Yeah. Um, it's not a $10,000 prize. You know, right. the, the prize is having fun. You know, the journey that you have while you're playing. Okay, so but, let's, but let's actually you know, say we do have a prize. We should note that um, Nobo is sponsoring a $150 gift certificate um, to the restaurant oh, for the winner. Thank um, you, Josh. That's and awesome. we're also... Kosher.com is sponsoring for every, the contestants and the winner um, a beautiful food and wine basket of their highest end items. Um, and we are presenting um, a winning knife and then uh, competing knives with um, an inscription for everybody that plays and then the one winner. So there, we're not offering $10,000, that's true, but um, we right. do get some press. <laughs> but I'm and a what about, fan of when you do it. Yeah, what was your question? Oh, I was going to say, for the person that's sitting, there's someone listening out there right now, I'm sure, that's thinking like, okay, first of all, how do I enter? So we need to do those details. But also, if they're kind of on the fence right now, like, oh, gosh, like, I think I'm a pretty great chef and I think I could rock this, but I feel kind of nervous. Like, what what words of encouragement would you offer this person sitting on the um, sidelines? Um, that's a great question. Okay. So I'm going to address the other issues. I'm going to bring two things together. Yeah. So... Um, I always, no one is going to rip you apart. No one's going to go, oh, your food is terrible, you're missing this, you're missing that. No one's going to critique your food. They are going to, it is a competition, but it is going to be nice, done in a nice, menschlastic way. That is my whole MO of everything. And it's, I've done so many of them. We've done them with celebrity judges, such as Katsuji, and I've, I've done them with Josh Masson as our judges. And no one has been really, you know, everyone has been a mensch. So you shouldn't feel that you're, get, you're getting up there and you're going to be ripped apart. You're going to get up there and you're going to have a blast. A couple, and I'm going to tell a story about one of the first chop competitions I ran was in Milk Restaurant in Chicago. Uh, Executive chef Brian Greiker invited me down to Chicago. I did one in his restaurant and we asked for competitors. We got two professional chefs that piped up as they wanted to do it, volunteered, and a home cook that volunteered. And you know who won? The home cook. Wow. She came with her family. They, they took a, this is probably like the fifth or sixth chopped competition that I had run. And mm. she brought her family. They came down to support her. And she was the winner because she thought out of the box it was mm. tuna. I actually told the story like it was a, you know, Brian, you know, he picked the ingredients because he's the, he's the actual train chair. So we let him pick the, he picked the mystery basket. And everyone thought it was going to be neat because it's at milks, right? So we put in a tuna steak instead, which kind of mm. threw everyone off a little bit. And mm. the two chefs went traditional. And the home chef went non-traditional, and she was the winner. So this is, I'm really calling out to all the home chefs, the home cooks, right? The, the people that learn yeah. to train at home. I actually learned to train at home too. And, and that's how I kind of got into the business a little bit because I loved cooking. But if you love cooking, you want to take it to the next level or you just want to come and have fun and, com- and compete and enjoy it. And it's, you run such a gorgeous event. I'm so excited that I'm going to be part of it. And, you know, you guys should come and, and join us and enter to compete because you're going to just have fun with it. I'm all about having the fun and enjoying the moment. And I'll yeah, walk I get- you through and make you feel comfortable and easy to work. 
Yeah, we have. So just to um, talk a little bit more about who they will um, be seeing in terms of the judging panel. So you're going to be moderating. Yeah. Um, you're going to have some yeah. fun banter with um, executive chef Josh Masson of Nobo Wine and Grill. Um, he said he'll be walking around and kind of, you know, doing a little bit of coaching and a little bit of commentary. Um and then we have um, Hani Applebaum of Busy in Brooklyn, who's one of our judges. We have Daniela Silver of the Silver Platter, one of our judges. And we have Teen Chef Aton Bernath as one of the judges. And then SD Wolby oh, of uh, I Don't Cook But I Give Out Recipes um, is doing this really fun um, sort of interactive social media uh, component of our uh, event. And we think it's never been done before. She is going Alice to be speaking to... as I know. At, I'm sorry to interrupt. At any major competition that I've been involved in, either at Kosher Fest or the Mustia ones, no one has ever done that. That's unique to you. So I call out code words for figuring this one out. I love it. Uh, I, I talked to some smart people, Naomi, is how I figured it out. Um, so Esty Wolby um, is going to be uh, talking to her, <laughs> is going to be talking to her 30,000 plus Facebook group and live streaming the event. And she's going to give them a, a vote and she will present their vote uh, to um, the, you know, the panel of judges. Um, so that's who, you know, will be, uh, you know, tasting your food or watching your food. And I guess my uh, sort of vote of confidence or to push people, um, I think a lot of times when I'm about to do something scary, which is, well, this event, for instance, like we're going big and we're, you know, pulling out all sorts of stops. Sometimes I think like I could just be on the couch in pajamas and that's like so much safer. That's <laughs> so much easier. Um, but I think. <laughs> no, no, no way. <laughs> I do spend a lot of time on the couch in pajamas, but I'm planning to do like some crazy things. I think really where you push yourself, where you push yourself past sort of the comfort zone into a little bit of the scary zone is where some of the greatest highs of life can possibly exist. And so if you are that person that, um, has always kind of thought, like, watch a cooking show, and you're like, I could do that. I could win that. Like, oh, I wish I had my chance. So so this is your chance, um, and, you know, we'll make it a fun, and, you know, we have no Simon Cowell's, uh, you know, wrong, wrong genre, but that sort of thing. Um, none of those kind of judges coming. Um, let's talk about how to enter, Naomi. Um, so it is film a 30-second video um, and tell us yep. why. Um, you you want to uh, be part of our uh, our competition, and you can email it to us at info at Jew in the City, or you can also post it on Instagram and do a hashtag um, JTC Kosher Cooks, um, and that way we'll we'll look it up and we'll find the the video like that. Um, I guess I want to talk to you like a little more. Um, you know, we met, I think, last year at Kosher Food and Wine Festival, and you were so lovely and came up to me, and you seemed to really be interested in our work at Jew in the City, possibly Project Makum. Um, we're so excited to be partnering with you and sort of combining talents. If, is there any thoughts you have about, like, you know, why you're, you're passionate about the, the work that we do and the, you know, programming that we put out to the world? I, I love the fact that you're showing that orthodoxy is, I, I hate to use the word cool, but that it's, that it's just, so accessible and you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be an executive chef and you can be from and you can go so far with it. And I've always found these people that you've honored have been my inspirations. And, and I know I look at you, Tineas all the time and, and young girls who are, you know, finishing high school and going to seminary, they can look up and like, wow, from people can dress Tineas and be out in the real world and you represent that. And that, I really appreciate that. I've only got daughters. And, you know, it's cool for them to see that, that someone like you is, is leading the way, uh, you know, along with that. So, you know, I love the fact that your Project Makom is just, you know, helping Hasidim 
stay in the, you know, I call it staying in the family and, and just, you know, showing them an alternative to, you know, stay from and be part of, you know, the Jewish community and without having to, you know, find other alternatives. And I, I just think it's amazing what you're doing and it's real pioneer work that you are doing and leading us in. Well, thank but you I'm so really much. And it's, no, it's really exciting to uh, be partnering with someone who's doing so much in the kosher food space. We have a couple more uh, minutes left, so I wanted to get to maybe one actual like foodie question um, since it was very uh, okay. event related. Um, just, I guess, you know, sort of any trends you could talk about in the space of kosher food? Because I think um, when we talk about showing that orthodoxy and observance is accessible, it's part style, it's part um, profession. Um, and I think a big part of it is food. I mean, I remember as I was giving up my bacon cheeseburgers and my shrimp and all mm. those things, I would actually like at night, like salivate, like remembering the foods I used to eat and like almost cry myself to bed um, and think about like maybe an Olam Haba, like I'll be able to eat a Wendy's bacon cheeseburger again. Like, I wonder if they have that there. So um, the, the, food, the, the space of kosher food has um, really, I think, exploded in the last few years. So are there any trends that you have seen, you know, happening, you know, in the last few years? And is there any direction that you see we're continuing to go? It goes up and up and up every day. I think with the advent of social media and Facebook groups, every day we are being challenged by each other to come up with great meals for families. And now you can turn to someone like we have now, I call it the kosher food channel on Instagram. That's what I call it, right? Mm -hmm. You have all these Instagrammers like Danielle Renoff from Peace, Love and Carrots or someone like myself or Jamie Geller, um, Melinda Strauss, cooking in their kitchens and showing you step-by-step how to cook. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest trends now in the kosher world. It's the social media community component of cooking. You're basically cooking together, and I love that. I think that's mm-hmm. fabulous. You have incredible ingredients. You have kosher best coming up. I call it the kosher food trifecta. Because you've got the Jewish Food Media Conference on November 13th during the day where it's an educational component if you are a kosher food Instagrammer or you want to be one. That's where you would go. And then and then at, in the evening there's the kosher feast dinner, which you, we have honoured you for your incredible work that you have done for the From Kosher community. And then the next day is two days of kosher fest. So it's a whole bunch of food cultures coming together all at once, all at the same time of the year and all embracing and appreciate each other and getting the word out about kosher and at kosher mm. fest every year there's thousands and thousands of you know ingredients and and products being shown and i think that is huge and and people are using those to grow and grow and grow and grow their recipes you know you mm. can talk about individual items like matcha like much people making matcha now and putting matcha in their diet which kosher jew was eating matcha a couple of years ago it's green tea powder it's not like it's so you know, outrageous. Yeah, I was going to ask um, you, what is that? Right. No, so I guess what was you're saying, sort of the trend is we educate each other through social media and sort of push the boundaries of we thought what we thought we can do, and then the kosher sort of um, market, the suppliers, then start giving us more products with hechsherim so that we can make these menus real. So we can um, make it then, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and and Pesach, Pesach is unbelievable. More and more stuff is becoming kosher, and and someone who runs a I run a, a small kosher catering for a Pesach business, or I, you know, and I have my Pesach cookbook perfect for Pesach. You know, there's always new ingredients for me to find 
to work with. And it's incredible. And companies are just jumping on board to become kosher. I'm not talking about the traditional Jewish companies. I'm talking like way out companies that are just starting to, you know, like, yeah, let's make that kosher. I'm I'm right now, I'm in Texas, actually. And and I go through the, you know, I was walking through the hotel lobby where they sell stuff. um, And and, um, they have hot sauce. Texas is famous for hot sauce. Like, who thought they'd have tons of kosher hot sauces here in Texas? Mm. Wherever you go, you can find ingredients that are that are kosher, and, and kosher traveling has become more, more, you know, so so big, and you know, with people using points and they're getting out more, and and you find kosher products wherever you go, and I love that, and kosher cool. restaurants. Are, are well, now I'm wondering. Now like, we got we got to wrap things up, and now I'm wondering. Now that you're in Texas, are any of your secret ingredients you're going to bring back anything from Texas for for our uh, our you know, basket. Um, Naomi, it was such I a pleasure. I should do that. To... I should bring back some good stuff here. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking that now, too. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. For those who are listening, you can get your tickets to the All-Stars event at jewinthecity.com slash events. You can enter to this uh, uh, Kosher Chopped All-Stars competition by sending in a 30-second video to info at jewinthecity.com. Tell us why we should choose you, and you'll be able to join us that night. Um, Naomi, I look forward to celebrating Kiddush Hashem with you and uh, eating some great kosher food on Sunday, November 5th. I'm so excited. Thanks so much, Allison. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. And you can catch us same time, same place next week. Is that okay?